Poetry Foundation's Essential American Poets podcast. Essential American Poets is an online audio poetry collection. The poets in the collection were selected in 2006 by Donald Hall when he was Poet Laureate. Recordings of the poets he selected are available online at poetryfoundation.org and poetryarchive.org. In this edition of the podcast, we'll hear poems by Carl Sandburg. Carl Sandburg was born in 1878 in a cottage in Galesburg, Illinois. His parents were Swedish immigrants who instilled a powerful work ethic. At age 13, Sandburg left school to deliver milk, shine shoes, and heave coal. Later, he would develop his twin loves for travel and for writing. He rode the rails as a hobo, fought in the Spanish-American War, and worked as a journalist. Over his long and prolific writing career, Sandberg wrote poems, histories, biographies, novels, and children's books. H.L. Mencken called Sandberg indubitably an American in every pulse beat. His poetry captured the national spirit. Sandberg's Whitmanesque free verse made American industry and agriculture poetic and heroic. Sandberg is best known for his description of Chicago. The city, Sandberg wrote, was hog butcher for the world, toolmaker, stacker of wheat, player with the railroads and the nation's freight handler, stormy, husky, brawling, city of the big shoulders. Sandberg was also in demand as a performer. During his vagabond years, he'd begun to collect workmen's ballads and old bits of folklore. At poetry readings later in life, he'd entertain large crowds with stories and songs. Sandberg won three Pulitzers, two for his poetry and one for his biography of Abraham Lincoln. In 1964, at 86 years old, Sandberg received America's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Carl Sandberg died in 1967. The poems you are about to hear were recorded at the Library of Congress in 1954. This volume, titled Corn Huskers, published in 1918, a piece titled Wilderness. There is a wolf in me, fangs pointed for tearing gashes, a red tongue for raw meat, and the hot lapping of blood. I keep this wolf because the wilderness gave it to me, and the wilderness will not let it go. There is a fox in me, a silver-gray fox. I sniff and guess. I pick things out of the wind and air. I nose in the dark night and take sleepers and eat them and hide the feathers. I circle and loop and double-cross. There is a hog in me, a snout and a belly, a machinery for eating and grunting, a machinery for sleeping, satisfied in the sun and the mud. I got this, too, from the wilderness, and the wilderness will not let it go. There is a fish in me, I know I came from salt blue water gates. I scurried with shoals of herring. I blew water spouts with porpoises. Before land was, before the water went down, before Noah, before the first chapter of Genesis. There is a baboon in me, clamoring, clawed, dog-faced, yawping, a galoot's hunger. Hairy under the armpits, here are the hawk-eyed, hankering men. Here are the blonde and blue-eyed women. Here they hide, curled asleep, waiting, ready to snarl and kill, ready to sing and give milk waiting 
I keep the baboon because the wilderness says so. There is an eagle in me and a mockingbird, and the eagle flies among the rocky mountains of my dreams and fights among the Sierra crags of what I want. And the mockingbird warbles in the early forenoon before the dew is gone, warbles in the underbrush of my Chattanoogas of hope, gushes over the blue Ozark foothills of my wishes. And I got the eagle and the mockingbird from the wilderness. Oh, I got a zoo, I got a menagerie inside my ribs, under my bony head, under my red valve heart. And I got something else. It is a man-child heart, a woman-child heart. It is a father and mother and love. It came from God knows where. It is going to God knows where. For I am the keeper of the zoo. I say yes and no. I sing and kill and work. I am a pal of the world. I came from the wilderness. And farther on, a very short piece titled Bill Bea, read from tablet writing of Babylonian excavations of the fourth millennium BC. Bill Bea, I was in Babylon on Saturday night. I saw nothing of you anywhere. I was at the old place, and the other girls were there, but no, Bill Bayer. Have you gone to another house or city? Why don't you write? I was sorry. I walked home half sick. Tell me how it goes. Send me some kind of a letter. And take care of yourself. In other words, the Babylonians were somewhat like the residents of... Uh, the District of Columbia. <laughs> a six-line fragment titled Sea Wash. The sea wash never ends. The sea wash repeats, repeats. Only old songs, is that all the sea knows? Only the old strong songs, is that all? The sea wash repeats. Repeats. And one titled, How Much? How much do you love me? A million bushels? Oh, a lot more than that. Oh, a lot more. And tomorrow, maybe only half a bushel? Tomorrow, maybe not even a half a bushel. And is this your heart arithmetic? This is the way the wind measures the weather. Modern girl. <laughs> Buffalo dusk. If it ain't poetry, it's history. The buffaloes are gone, and those who saw the buffaloes are gone. 
Those who saw the buffaloes by thousands and how they pawed the prairie sod into dust with their hoofs, their great heads down pawing on in a great pageant of dusk. Those who saw the buffaloes are gone and the buffaloes are gone. And then baby song of the four winds. Let me be your baby, south wind. Rock me, let me rock, rock me now. Rock me low, rock me warm. Let me be your baby. Comb my hair, west wind. Comb me with a cowlick. Or let me go with a pompadour. Come on, west wind, make me your baby. North wind, shake me where I'm foolish. Shake me loose and change my ways. Cool my ears with a blue sea wind. I'm your baby. Make me behave. And you, east wind, what can I ask? A fog comfort. A fog to tuck me in. Fix me so and let me sleep. I'm your baby. And I always was. Then a short story in ten lines titled Chicago Boy Baby. Out of the year 1928, published as I recollect in the old American Mercury, edited by our Baltimore neighbor. The baby picked from an ash barrel by the night police came to the hospital of the Franciscan brothers in a diaper and a white sheet. It was a windy night in October, leaves and geese scurrying across the north sky, and the curb pigeons more ravenous than ever for city corn in the cracks of the street stones. The two policemen who picked the baby from the ash barrel our grayheads now, they talk about going on the pension list soon. They talk about whether the baby, truly a big man now, votes this year for Al Smith or Herbert Hoover. <laughs> and one that was published in the Chicago Times Syndicate in August of 1945, Nevertheless, has its application for this hour, Mr. Attila. They made a myth of you, Professor, you of the gentle voice, the books, the specs, the furtive rabbit manners in the mortarboard cap and the medieval gown. They didn't think it, huh, Professor, on account of you're so absent-minded, you bumping into the tree and saying, excuse me, I thought you were a tree. Passing on again, blank and absent-minded. Now it's Mr. Attila. How do you do? Do you pack wallops of wholesale death? Are you the practical, dynamic son of a gun? Have you come through with a few abstractions? Is it you, Mr. Attila, we hear saying... 
I beg your pardon, but we believe we have made some degree of progress on the residual qualities of the atom. And then, possibly, I approximate literary politics in this next piece titled The Abracadabra Boys. The Abracadabra Boys. The Abracadabra boys, have they been in the stacks and cloisters? Have they picked up languages for throwing into Chalmain poems? Have they been to a sea of jargons and brought back jargons? Their salutations go, Who cometh? And, It is I cometh. <laughs> they know postures from impostures, pistils from pustules, to hear them tell it. They foregather and make pitapat with each other in Latin and in their private pig Latin, very fay. They give with passwords. Who cometh? A kumquat cometh. <laughs> and how cometh the kumquat? On an abadaba, ancient and honorable sire, ever and ever on an abadaba. Do they have fun? Sure, sure. Their fun is in being what they are, like our fun is being what we are. Only they are more sorry for us being what we are than we are for them being what they are. <laughs> and then by way of closing this program of readings, perhaps I can offer an unpublished piece A Chicago friend keeps telling me, you poets, yes, you should be concerned with the immediate scene, but if you feel the inclination once in a while, you should write about the things that are going to be here after the next war, after the next revolution. If you feel like writing about wild geese or sea urchins, why, go ahead. This is titled Number Man and it's inscribed for the ghost of Johann Sebastian Bach. He was born to wonder about numbers. He balanced fives against tens and made them sleep together and love each other. He took sixes and sevens and set them wrangling and fighting over raw bones. He woke up twos and fours out of baby sleep and uh, touched them back to sleep. He managed eights and nines, gave them prophet beards, marched them in the mists and mountains. He added all the numbers he knew, multiplied them by newfound numbers and called it his prayer of numbers. For each of a million cipher silences, he dug up a mate number for a candlelight in the dark. He knew love numbers, luck numbers. 
how the sea and the stars are made and held by numbers. He died from the wonder of numbering, and he said goodbye as if goodbye is a number. That was Carl Sandburg, recorded at the Library of Congress in 1954. You have been listening to the Essential American Poets podcast, produced by the Poetry Foundation, in collaboration with PoetryArchive.org. To learn more about Carl Sandburg and other Essential American Poets, and to hear more poetry, go to PoetryFoundation.org.